Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. Real people experiencing real change because of a real Savior. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Uh, We are celebrating two things today. Uh, It is Great Commission Day, which uh, if you didn't know that, it's because we declared it. We said today is Great Commission Day for us as a church where we are celebrating and remembering that Jesus sent us out to go make disciples, to teach others everything he has taught us, to baptize them, to serve them, to love them as Jesus commanded us to love our neighbor. And in just a second, we're going to have a conversation about that. Today is also Pentecost. Today is the day that we celebrate God sending his Holy Spirit to be with us. Jesus said when he sent us out, I will be with you to the very end of the age. And, he, and that promise was fulfilled as the Holy Spirit was sent on a Pentecost day nearly 2,000 years ago. And so we celebrate that God has uh, empowered us, that he goes with us as we go, and that he binds us together. The way we are celebrating Pentecost is we are going to gather tonight uh, at 6.30 to uh, worship, to pray together. Uh, we were going to do that outside We're going to do it downstairs. We're going to do it downstairs. Uh, So please uh, join us tonight. We will worship together. We will pray together. We will be gathered in a room, huddled together, just like the first disciples were on that Pentecost day. So it's really, it's about realism for us. That's what we're doing. We're gathering together. So please come downstairs and join us. I know we promised s'mores, and I don't know what to tell you about that part yet. So there will at least be chocolate graham crackers and marshmallows, and then what you do with it from there. We're not sure yet, but uh, please come and uh, engage in the worship and prayer with us tonight as you are able to celebrate Pentecost. To celebrate Great Commission Day, to remember that we are all sent out by Jesus to go across the street, to go across uh, the office, to go across town or across the country, to go across the world, Uh, I want to introduce you to a couple of people and let them tell you their story of God sending them uh, around the world uh, and, and what God did in their lives when they lived in the States and what God is doing in their life now as they are in Bosnia, Herzegovina. About 12 years ago, nope, more than 12 years ago now, uh, our church decided we would partner up with the team in Bosnia-Herzegovina that is part of our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and there's over 700 people uh, who have responded to the call and are part of the Christian Missionary Alliance team around the world. The way that they are funded is through both direct gifts to them, but also through gifts to something called the Great Commission Fund. And so a little bit later, I will be asking for uh, you to consider giving financially to the Great Commission Fund. We'll talk about that a little later. But in the over 12 years that we've been partnered with the team there in Bosnia-Herzegovina, we have met a number of people who have been on that team, uh, some who are no longer on it. Um, We have not had the chance to meet this power couple yet. And so I uh, am excited to introduce you to them today via the power of technology. So Michael and Leah Strand are gonna join us via Zoom. There they are. Hi guys. Awesome. Okay, there we go. Okay, we can hear you. You can see me because I'm here and you're there. I don't know if you can tell, but you're up in front of everybody right now. So just uh, (laughs) if... If you, yep, that's just the reality now. So, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I combed my hair really carefully this morning. Okay, 
Looks great. So yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. So uh, Michael and Leah, uh, tell us about yourselves. Uh, introduce us to you, your family, um, where you're from, all those kinds of things. We are Michael and Leah Strand, as um, Josh has just so well in it, um, introduced us. We have lived here in Bosnia-Herzegovina, specifically in the city of Sarajevo, for about going on three years. Uh, we have five children, ages from 20, almost 23, down to 16. Uh, three of our children live in the States uh, near our home there in Wisconsin. So we are originally from Wisconsin near Milwaukee. And two of our children live with us here in Sarajevo. Uh, we are nothing special. Uh, <laughs> we had lived our whole life basically in Wisconsin. I was born, raised, went to school, worked in Wisconsin for the first 50 years of my life. Uh, I spent 27 years in the corporate world and uh, doing various things. And then we were called here. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I love that. I don't know if this is just a Midwest thing. Here in Portland, Seattle, like people, people from Portland, Seattle are, are often, uh, boy, let me tell you how special I am. And people from the Midwest, you guys are like, yeah, we're just here. We're just people. Uh, we're grateful. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just I don't know. Please start. Uh, no, I'm, I'm grateful you guys could, uh, could join us this morning. Uh, I would love a little backstory for us as a church of how you ended up uh, halfway around the world, where I believe right now it is well, almost eight o'clock p.m. Is that where we're? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So if we're tired, it's because we haven't, haven't had enough coffee. If you're tired, it's been a long day. Anyway, how did you end up uh, nine hours away from us? Yeah, it's been a long day. Uh, we've had family here visiting. Our our, our two of our children were able to come and visit. And so nice. our one son left this morning. So we got up at about 3.30 a.m. our time <laughs> okay. to get him on the plane. So it's been a day. So we've been up since. So. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, how did we end up here? Um, it was kind of a slow process, I guess, um, kind of God whispering throughout our lives, even before we were married in college, we were part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, um, had a huge impact on our life and, and how we approach the study of God's word, and um, also um, very significant in our life was um, being part of a church um, during college that um, had missions front and center. Mm -hmm. And so that was key. And um, I did not um, come to faith in Christ until I was a senior in high school. So that was particularly important um, in my early formation yeah. as a follower of Jesus. Um, and so um, we had throughout life um, some short-term experiences. I had spent a summer in Romania with InterVarsity. Michael had been on a couple of trips to Romania with a pastor from our church. Um, and God used just various experiences to bring us here. I'll let Michael continue. <laughs> we, we had always sensed a, a call to do something different, but we didn't know when or where. Uh, a little more background on our family. We do have five children. All of our children are adopted internationally. So we adopted our five children from South Korea. 
Okay. So we are an international family that way. Yeah. And so we've had this love for the world. Throughout through the years, one of the courses we took was perspectives or perspectives mm-hmm. on the world Christian movement. <laughs> there's che- there's cheers in the room because people, we had that here a couple years ago. People loved it. Yes, Excellent. good stuff. Great, highly recommended. Yeah. But just really opened your eyes. Uh, what really triggered it? Uh, like I said, I've been in the corporate world. I was in corporate world IT data for years and years. Uh, serving in the church, we both served in the church doing various things. I served as an elder for years. We led home groups, um, worship team, working with children, you name it, kind of sure. thing. We did it. In 20, I think it was late 2016, uh, our district was planning a trip to the Middle East mm. uh, for pastors. And in an elders meeting, uh, our pastor turned to me and said, Michael, I can't go. Would you? Mm. I'm like, uh, well, let me think about it. <laughs> um, I, I called the district the next day. I had a friend who's the assistant DS. And he said, oh, you have about three or four days to decide. And, oh, it's not just for you. It's for pastors and their wives. So you have to bring your, you have to bring Leo with. I'm going, okay, uh, you know, ISIL, ISIS is going on in the Middle East, not sure. far from there. Mom and dad going, leaving five kids at home. Does this make sense? Is this rational but we decided to go decided to step out in faith and during that trip it was just this eye-opening experience again of yeah there's there's more to this life than uh living and dying more than trying to make it through the day mm-hmm. yeah. and coming and uh ha- having that sense of call uh came back went to a converge conference uh another highly recommended thing the, the cma has a, uh, a a conference every year on missions uh, called converge Mm-hmm. sat down and talked with the regional director for Europe and the Middle East and said, here we are, this is who we are, this is our age, our background, our education, our family status, our interests, our personalities, where could you use us? Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly believe in the idea of Acts 13, where the church was gathered and the elders were praying and the spirit said, set aside Barnabas and Saul. I have a task for them. Mm-hmm. So it's having people speak into your life of where, where others see you to be sent. Yeah. Now coming out of that, the, the EME regional leadership couple said, well, have you considered Bosnia? <laughs> and our response was, let's look it up on the map. <laughs> <laughs> where is that exactly? The world. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we looked it up. Uh, it was interesting. The next day we sat down for lunch at the Converge Conference, sat next to a man who was the uh, the pastor for our team, okay. the providing pastoral care, um, Bill Schmeising from Virginia. And he just started recommending it. Well, the next day as we were leaving the conference, we he ran into a guy who was Mark Byram, who you probably mm-hmm. have talked to. <laughs> yes. And come to find out, he is the missions pastor that was about an hour and a half from our home. Mm-hmm. And so he started talking to us about it and mentored us through the process. And um, and here we are. And here you are. That's that's good. Yeah, Mark was our first connection, however many years ago, to Aww. to Bosnia Herzegovina. So that's okay. that's fantastic. Uh, I'm glad he's part of your guys' story too. Uh, so you you mentioned. Uh, IT as sort of the, the background. What did, what did daily life look for, what did, what did it look like for you guys uh, in, in Wisconsin, um, going through uh, the, the day-to-day? Um, 
yeah, what, what was, were, were, were you guys doing, uh, I mean, you mentioned being really involved in church. Um, we have some people here who are really involved in church and are now a little scared that God's going to call them to go across the world. Uh, but uh, what, what did sort of the, the Monday through Friday kind of time uh, look like? And um, how did that... Um, well, I want to say, how did that prepare you? But I'm not even sure that's my question. How, how, how does that uh, dovetail with what you're doing now? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's a, a really good question because I was just saying today that in hindsight, we mm. see how God used all of those daily life things mm-hmm. to prepare us. I mean, we didn't see it at the time that, right. oh, he's preparing us to live in Bosnia, but in hindsight, we can see God's hand through each step. And uh, I think our life probably looked very much like most of your lives, whether it's running kids to sports practice or um, serving in the church, you know, as a small group leader, having people in your home. Um, we, um, we like to be missionary hogs. So when the missionaries would come to our church, we said, can we have them over for dinner? Can they stay at our house? And because we wanted our children just to be um, <clears throat> surrounded by those types of people. Um, I was um, homeschooling our kids. Um, so had a very busy household. Mm-hmm. Our, our children are six and a half years, five kids and kind of six and a half years apart so we had a busy household we had five teenagers in the house at one Mm-mm. time <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. god please continue yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um but but we also wanted to teach our children how to serve and to do so in the context even within our home and so we hosted kids from a program called safe families for children i don't know if you guys have that um, but it's kind of like a foster care or foster care mm-hmm. alternative. So we hosted kids in our home, um, but it took all of us working together to make that mm-hmm. happen. And so it wasn't a constant thing, but from time to time we had kids in our home. Yeah. And doing stuff of the uh, normal stuff of life, being in the yeah. Pacific Northwest, I'm going to make an assumption here. We heated our home with wood quite a bit. Sure. So we would go out and cut wood and had the kids stacking wood with us to help understand the value of work. Sure. We love being outside. Uh, we love hiking and bicycling and canoeing and just doing normal stuff. So, yeah, yeah, and life was busy. <laughs> I, I worked in corporate IT. Uh, sure. I, I was not a computer programmer. I, was, I worked in data. Uh, I was an information architect dealing with design of data and privacy and that kind of stuff. And all those kinds of things, yes. Yeah. In the midst of that, uh, I also went back to seminary. I did go through seminary to learn. Uh, I went through Trinity Evangelical Divinity School to learn an MA in religion, to learn about the breadth of religion and theology. And then I, because we were studying, we were doing homeschooling and studying classics, uh, I did a degree in classics, which has been incredibly useful here. Mm-hmm. People love to have deep discussions here. And so to, to be able to reference the classics is a way to build bridges. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, the Bible is incredibly important. It's absolutely yes. the foundation, but it's also just to have a breadth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
what's mm. going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So uh, you guys have gone over and you've been doing uh, language study and that kind of thing. Uh, can you update us on where you're at now? Uh, what kind of um, projects uh, that you may be uh, looking ahead to? What kind of relationships you're building? Just uh, those, those kinds of things. So we've kind of officially trans- transitioned out of our two years of the full-time language study, although um, we are always learning language, so that's continuing. Sure. And um, um, so looking and, and everything is all in the context of relationship and how can we meet people, whether it's through the center, um, we have um, the English one-on-one students, probably many of you are familiar with the center. Um, and uh, I lead one of the kids um, groups on Saturday mornings. Um, created us to meet with maybe different groups of people than have been um, <clears throat> met with in the past. Sure. Um, and so we're just looking for opportunities to do that. And um, I'm going to be piloting a program called Equipping Minds. It's a cognitive development program um, at the center this summer to just see if there's an interest in that. I have a background in, in special education and um, so I'm going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just looking for ways even things that even you guys can do in the context of your, whether I'm joining a, um, joining a gym with a friend, <laughs> not because I want to work out, <laughs> but because I want to meet people. Mm, so, mm-hmm. and um, so I can spend more time with a friend of mine who goes and, and also meet more ladies in that context. And mm-hmm. also planned on hosting a summer book club for um, some ladies that have, um, become my friends. Awesome. I've connected with a, uh, an organization called Global Leadership Partners, which is a group of um, experienced and some retired business leaders who come and speak on leadership hmm. and topics related to business. They're all believers, but they come in the context of um, sharing their, their corporate expertise mm-hmm. and using that to open doors. And they have partnered with various ministries throughout Eastern Europe and Central Asia uh, as a way to to open doors for us to have conversations. Mm. Uh, I have started to explore teaching at a local university. If I could teach something related to IT there, I actually touched base with a guy this morning uh, about that potential. Recently, I, before we came, I had seen Toastmasters. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's a speaking club. Mm -hmm. Come to find out, it's international. It's all done in English everywhere. And there was a new club forming here in Sarajevo. And so I joined that, again, as a way to meet people, to have Mm -hmm. conversations. Being the native speaker, they will ask me, did did I use that idiom right? Or how do I pronounce that? Right. And so it's just a way to build relationships using whatever means possible. Mm Not to do a bait and switch, but just to live life, to do the things we are doing in the States in another context. Right, 
Right. No, and uh, as I, I mentioned to you before, we've uh, had this phrase bouncing about of missionary mindset. And I, I think that's a great example of what we're talking about, that when we think here about joining the gym, it's because it's January 1st and we've, we've got a weight loss goal. When, when we think about uh, joining uh, Toastmasters, it's because it's going to advance our career in some way. When, when we think about taking our kids to sports, it's because they want to do a thing. And it's just a, a small, I suppose, but really significant shift to go, okay, this uh, house that we have isn't just for us, it's to gather people. These degrees that we have are not just so that we can get a job, but so that we have a breadth of knowledge that we can share. These activities we're joining in, it's not just so that we can do a thing we enjoy, but it's so that we can build relationships with people. Again, not because, so a bait and switch, that turns people into projects, but just because people are people. We wanna meet and love people as, as Jesus has uh, has sent us to do. Um, the theme of Great Commission Day this year uh, is Be Present, where the national office is asking us to financially give to the Great Commission Fund, which, as I mentioned, is that fund that supports uh, the over 700 workers around the world. And uh, if you want to give to the Great Commission Fund, we have the Give button uh, online. You can give online uh, if you need some time to think about it. That's totally fine. If, if you'd like to give today and you came prepared to, uh, to write a check or give some cash, you can stick it in the little envelope in the chair pocket in front of you. There's a box where you can check Great Commission Fund um, and you can stick that in the black box in the back. So we're talking about helping you guys stay present where you are, helping fund that work. But it strikes me that God has also called all of us who are gathered here to be present in this community. Uh, so how does... Um, and, and I know you've touched on some of this already, but maybe expand on how, how does that look the same and, or, or different overseas than it does here? How, how does it look different to try to be present in a place in Bosnia, in Sarajevo, as opposed to in Milwaukee? I think it looks very much the same because Jesus gave us the same commission. He told us, you know, as we're going, as we're living life, to make disciples where we are, are teaching them to obey all that he's commanded. And so um, whether we live in Washington, whether we live in Wisconsin, whether we live in Bosnia or somewhere else in the world, it's the same. And I think that you made a good point in terms of those places where we find ourselves in life um, whether it's the activity, the gym, the school, or whatever, um, it just takes us a, a switch in our mind of okay, this world is not our home, and and so how can I live with intentionality in those spaces where God is already has us present in the lives of people. And how can we be intentional with our conversations? How can we be intentional with our involvement? And that it's not just busyness, but it's relationship with people. I've been reading in the book of Luke, 
after the transfiguration in chapter nine of Luke, it says that uh, Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem and that he would accomplish the, it's actually the, the, the exodus or the, the exodus he would accomplish in Jerusalem. And then several times throughout Luke after that, it was Jesus had his face set toward Jerusalem. He knew his goal. So he was intentional in what he was doing. And that's what Luke is telling us. So it's to be intentional in life, mm-hmm. like Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think another one is just to be with people. Mm. Despite what you might think, Leah and I are both introverts. <laughs> people tire us out. <laughs> yes. We would much rather be at home doing things by ourselves. I was t- or with small groups of people. Or small like groups. <laughs> I was telling Leah this the other day. I went to the first Toastmasters meeting, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago. <clears throat> and I drive there, I was thinking, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go. I want to just go home. I don't, I don't want to walk into a group of people that I have. I don't know anyone. I don't know who's going to speak English or who's going to speak Bosnian. But I knew it was a calling that was intentional. So mm-hmm. just, just to be with people. Mm-hmm. And making the most out of every opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's COVID, the war in Ukraine, um, many of you know the the Diniuses, Karen Dinius, who who just who is part of this team and who just passed away recently, mm-hmm. um, you know, from cancer. None of us knows, um, and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And so, how do we make the most? of every opportunity um, in the lives of people. And our job is to, um, to scatter the seeds of the gospel. It's, and God is the one who causes the growth. And so that's all we need to do. And um, yeah. so whether it's in your community, whether it's here in Bosnia, it's, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. Another one I say is always be growing and learning. Hmm. Um, I was... Like I said, I've been reading in Luke and Acts, been reading those two together since Luke wrote both. And I was reading in Acts recently and thought about Paul's presentation to the Athenian philosophers mm-hmm. in Acts 17. What really got them was when he proclaimed the resurrection of mm-hmm. Christ. And then in Acts 23, Paul was talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And what impacted them again or got their goal was when Paul declared the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He was in two totally different audiences, an academic and a you know, religious mm. audience. And he still tailored his message to his audience. But he, he was geared in, focused on the centrality of the gospel, mm-hmm. of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding our culture. Yep. Uh, the culture in, in, in Washington State mm-hmm. is going to be very different than here. Yep. But the need is the same. Right. And so it's understanding, studying your culture, study, uh, learn what people are doing and how does the gospel, how does the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how does the hope of life impact? Mm-hmm. So always be growing and learning. Yeah. So what, what does that uh, look like for you guys to be growing and learning in your understanding of what the people of Sarajevo, the people of Bosnia uh, need to hear? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what the message needs to sound like to them. What, what does it look like for you guys to be growing and learning in, in that knowledge? It means a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bosnians 
love to get together and, and to talk. So Saturday mornings or weekends especially or evenings, people are walking and talking and spending time together. You go to a cafe that is just bursting. You can't find a free table. Like all the cafes are bursting. Mm -hmm. um, and you won't see people on their cell phones. You'll see people drinking coffee and a, a little espresso will last an hour and a half because it's not about the coffee. It's not about a big cup of coffee, but it's, it's about the relationship. So coffee equals relationship and time together. And so it's spending time together and doing lots and lots of listening. And learning history. Uh, mm. The United States, the history is so short, mm -hmm. realistically. Mm -hmm. The mosque that's 50 meters down the street from our house was built in 1556. Wow. From our, from our balcony here, I've counted at least 32 minarets. Okay. Islam has been in Europe, in this part of the world, for over 500 years, mm -hmm. since before the Protestant Reformation. Mm -hmm. And this has been the impact of the Western cultures and Eastern cultures and mm -hmm. Islam. There's so much to learn, and the history is so involved and so complex, and it impacts the people. And so it's it's spending time listening and thinking beyond ourselves of why are they saying this and what is their perspective from the back the background. Yeah. So it just takes time to learn. Yeah, and it uh, again feels like things that for uh, for us um, we're, we're going to hear different things, but it's the same. Um, action step on, on our side to, to listen, to hear uh, people's hearts, to hear their history, uh, to get to know the history of our area. Um, some of y'all are on like fourth generation here in the area. And so your family has been a huge part of the history, but how often do we actually get to know what the history of our area is? If you're like me in a, a transplant to the area, do you know the history of what uh, culture has been here, what church has meant, what Jesus' name has meant here, um, and uh, listening to people's uh, stories of what's going on in their life, what, uh, where their hopes and dreams and fears and uh, all of those things are. It's um, uh, a, a similar concept, I suppose, in, um, in, in that way. Um, any other um, advice, I guess, you... Uh, have for us as um, people who, like you said, we're, we are currently where you guys were a few years ago, um, going through our daily routines. Um, any uh, words of advice, encouragement, challenge for us as sort of everyday missionaries in our own context and culture? Can I give you one really simple little tool? Sure. I heard this on the radio years ago. If you want to start a conversation with someone, how do you do that? How do you, what do you talk about? There's a simple question you can ask somebody, four words that everyone can talk about. You say, tell me about yourself. Hmm. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, that's good. And it's just this open door, wide open and let people talk and then really listen to what they're saying. So to, to hear people. But the piece of advice that uh, we would give is to treasure Jesus above all things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 12, 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the Great Commission, Great mm -hmm. Commission Fund, we've got 700 right. people around the world. There's many, many more. Mm. We must get rid of every weight and sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set out before us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, mm -hmm. the author, or originator, and perfecter of our faith. Mm -hmm. Keep our mm -hmm. eyes fixed on him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, David Platt has said, suffering becomes a gift when valuing Christ above all is your goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you say that one more time? Yep. Suffering becomes a gift when valuing Christ above all is your goal. Mm -hmm. good. If we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, it, it, the, the gospel, that his life, death, resurrection, the hope we have, if that becomes our, our defining meta-narrative, if that becomes our goal, if that becomes the end of our life, the reason we exist, mm -hmm. then all, all things become a gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, too, um, for those of you who are middle-aged like we are, don't be afraid to take, if God is calling you, don't be afraid to take that step mm. of obedience. It just takes one step at a time and trusting God to work out every single detail because he has been so faithful. Mm. And um, as a mom... You know, I couldn't, you know, to th the thought of separating, you know, from half of our kids, over half of our kids. And um, that was a very challenging thing to think about <laughs> doing. Yeah. Um, but God has been so faithful and has, um, has cared for them in ways that we could not care for them. And mm. um, so he, he knows best. And um, it, it takes one step of obedience at a time. Yeah. When we came, that was, a, that was a huge concern for us. Not everyone is called to leave and go somewhere else, whether it's Bosnia or mm -hmm. to a different town. Many people are called to stay. Mm -hmm. What our home church said to us when we were leaving two and then three of our children in Wisconsin was, Michael and Leah, if your kids have problems and we didn't serve them, then we have failed you. Hmm. That's the support we went out with from our home church. And so that's another encouragement I would give, give to East Hills is hmm. if someone from your church is raised up and is sent, hmm. it's not just them going. It's the whole church that can support if it's a family, if it's an elderly parent, if it's children, if it's caring for a house, if Whatever it is, the whole church can get behind and care for those needs. Yeah, our local church has been just incredible, our, our sending church. And um, yeah, we are just an extension right. of Community Church of West Bend. We just happen to live here, mm -hmm. but we're just an extension. So Yeah, I love that. And, and uh, that concept of the, the cloud of witnesses or... Uh, Paul refers to us a lot as the body of Christ and that each part needs to do its peace and that as we go out from here and we're going through our week, whether we're in Kelso or Longview or Vancouver or wherever, 
we need to be doing our part that God has called us to do, engaging in the relationships and places he has called us to be in, trusting that you're doing your part. I'll, I'll do my part, you do your part, they'll do their part. And there's people in Sarajevo and in uh, Berlin and in the Middle East doing their part. And we're doing it together, connected by the same spirit, empowered by the same spirit, that cloud of witnesses serving uh, together and, and supporting uh, one another. And I love that your, your home church uh, took that attitude uh, very, very seriously. And, and that's certainly something for us to consider as well. Also, just as a side note, if you are sitting here going, I feel like God is tapping me on the shoulder and I'm trying really, really hard to ignore it, or God is tapping me on the shoulder and I am not gonna ignore this. I really, whatever it may be, if you feel like God is calling you to go, um, please, please, let me know that. Let's start that conversation. Um, we'd love to take those steps with you. Uh, any other uh, thoughts that you guys have for us that we did not cover yet today or any, any last words for us? I think, I think what you just said was very important because our coming here was, um, came through many, many hours of conversation with our pastors, with our friends, with the elders and... Um, so it, it's not a quick, Michael, especially he's an analyst. And so I take a while to make this. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. Me too. Yep. And, um, and so have those conversations and, and welcome those conversations. Mm, that's good. That's good. And keep, keep plugging along. Take, like Leah said, take the next step. And again, maybe that next step is going next door and taking a plate of brownies over to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Or if you see somebody on the street, it, it's snowing and their cars stuck in the snow, you know, go push them. Sure. I do the same thing here. I've pushed our neighbor's car because we get snow and it yeah. just opens up doors just to be present. present. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. Thank you, guys. It's um, wonderful to get to introduce you uh, to our, our church. Um, I'm so grateful you could join us this morning or this evening or uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, grateful to you for spending some time with us in uh, and sharing uh, your story. Uh, so I would uh, love to, to take a moment here to pray for you guys um, and to, uh, to pray for, for us as we are sent out. Um, as well. So uh, thank you guys so much, so much. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, let's pray. Father God, I do lift Michael and Leah up to you and their entire team um, and ask that you would uh, hold them, um, you'd hold them together, you would create unity amongst them as a team, uh, you would give them the empowerment and encouragement and energy that they need. I pray for them and their family as they're uh, separated, getting to do some, some family visits, um, but entrusting their kids to you. Um, God, I, I pray that you would continue to stir confidence in you, um, in them, so that they can continue to trust you with their family, both the kids that they're away from and the kids who are still uh, living with them. God, I pray that you would stir that kind of confidence in all of us, uh, that 
Uh, you would stir up trust in you within us so that we can trust you with our kids, so that we can trust you with those uh, conversations that get started, so that we can trust you when we're driving to a place and going, I don't want to go here, but God, I'm just trying to be obedient. God, would you give us the uh, encouragement we need, uh, the, the courage and confidence that we need to take whatever next step you're calling each of us to take. A step next door, a step to the next cubicle, a step uh, to following you somewhere maybe we've never been before. Father, we do want to follow you, to belong to you, to keep our focus on you um, in every step uh, this week and every week. And um, we ask that you go before us, you surround us, you protect us, um, and we ask that you would uh, protect and hold Michael and Leah and their family. Um, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Find out more or connect online at easthillsalliance.org.